Hey everyone, Justin here with Whitetail Theories Podcast. On the mic today, we have a super special guest. We have uh, Serviceside Field Staff, Kobe Straw, longtime Serviceside OG, um, almost the beginning of when Serviceside was created. Um, so it's great to have you on, man. What's uh, what's happening up in PA? Not too much, man. We're, our season just kicked off, so kind of been slowly easing into it here. You know, getting after it a little bit. I shot it there the other night, so oh, nice to trying to take pressure. care of some nannies early. Nice, nice. Yeah, get that pressure off to fill the freezer, and then you can hunt Yeah, it's hard. nice to get the jitters out. <laughs> yeah, I always, always like to take a few does in the beginning, not just to, to have some fresh deer meat in the in the freezer, but to uh, practice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's yeah. no 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 better practice than actually taking taking game. You know. <laughs> absolutely there's only one way to get good at shooting deer and that's shooting deer yeah you can't do that on facebook or anything that's for sure but man i appreciate you jumping on so the reason or the subject topic behind this episode um is going to be uh being successful in the whitetail woods um you know i've been following you for a long time you've obviously been in service side for you know almost a decade and um, one thing we notice is when someone's consistently successful, which you usually are. So we were like, hey, let's get on a podcast, see what what kind of little secrets and tidbits you're willing to give out to uh, hopefully help some other people be successful this year in the woods. Yeah, I mean, with everybody's seasons pretty much kicking off here, it's important to remember a few things. Um, I'd say scouting is more important than hunting because you're kind of getting into a little bit of a transition here daily getting a little shorter those bucks testosterone levels are starting to rise so things are going to start changing they go through a real weird phase and everybody considers it the october law but you can still be successful but maybe not as you know consistently as you would early first time you hunt a, a buck or uh, later on in the rut now are you doing most of your scouting pre-season or are you doing it during during season i mean Typically preseason, but it's just as important to scout while you hunt. You know, I mean, say you just get permission on a farm or you're scouting or hunting a new property, you want to, you know, set up some observation stands, maybe not get real jumped right into it right off the bat after you take a couple walks, but, you know, you hang cameras and get a little bit of a inventory and figure out what, what the deer are doing. And based on that, you just set stands and play the wind. Nice, nice. You make you make it seem so simple, man. <laughs> I mean, people put too much thought into they it do. sometimes. They do, man, and I love I love getting people on here that are you know I call them quote unquote real hunters. You're not a you're not an Instagram uh, influencer. You're not a you know you don't have your own TV show, but you're consistently getting out there and, and also taking mature bucks. Um, I know I had, you just recently got one back from the taxidermy, right? Yeah, I did actually. My biggest deer ever. That was a nice one, man. What's uh? Tell us the, what was the story on that one. Um, basically, there was some intel from the farmer, and um, you know, we had pictures of the deer before the year prior, and he just blew up. I mean, the year prior he's probably 175, 180 inch deer, and the next year he blew into a 220 inch giant. You know, and he pretty much found residency on our farm. It was just a small piece, but it had everything you needed to host a big whitetail so you know just went in we had some good sets already but changed out a stand and noticed a lot of big rubs and scrapes you know filtering into this one little travel corridor 
headed up to a cedar bedding and kind of intercepted him and he came through cruising around 10 30 and about six yards and i left him have it and watched him fall after about 40 yards Dang, man, 10.32, that's when a lot of people are standing up and starting to walk back to the truck. Yeah, it's important. You know, that was November 11th, um, 10.30 in the morning. So and I was there was constant deer movement the whole time. Really in the rut, you really got to put in the hours in the stand, too. Yeah, for sure. Really make it pay off. Nice, man. So what are you kind of doing early season? Are you, do you have your eyes on a, on some specific bucks? Or are you just trying to get out there or what do you? Not kind typically. Of you... I just re- recently gained permission on a farm that, you know, it's just a 120 acre farm, mainly being a uh, field, but some real good to- uh, topography to it and lots of standing oaks and oaks that are dropping, especially the white oaks up here. So kind of makes things a little easier noticing that, uh, you know, deer kind of transitioning from their summertime feeding patterns into when that green starts to go brown in the beans, you know, they're going back to those alfalfa and things of that nature. They're still hanging on to the green food sources until I always try and say rule of thumb, uh, heat is green and cold is grain. So kind of just focus my efforts that way. Okay. And, so as as far as um so I don't I don't know, you know, I'm just getting to know you as a hunter myself. Are you a primarily do you enjoy bow hunting more? Are you rifle? Do you mix it up? I mean, I enjoy it all, dude. I mean there's one thing I was born to do and it was hunting really, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't have anything any favor. I mean I, I really enjoy bow hunting, but nothing beats smashing one with a rifle, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what, man, and I, I have the very similar mindset. I talk to people all the time that, don't get me wrong, man, I ain't making fun of it. I get hype on stuff too, but, um, you know, I'll talk to some people where they're just shaking talking about bow hunting. I love bow hunting, but I also love rifle hunting. I like muzzleloader. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I just love everything. being out in the woods. Yep, for sure. And I mean, I'm even getting into the point now where I've been neglecting my state a little bit and been doing more waterfowl and like upland bird. And I didn't even think of that. And then being in service side, obviously you see people doing different types of hunting all the time. And, you know, you can get a little bit of tidbit information. So, you know, you don't have to completely invest just yet. You know, I wasn't ready to drop $50,000 on full duck set setups and boats yeah, and all this other stuff. But it's to the point now, man, where it's looking like I better, uh, I better be careful with the old wallet because went out in the swamp a couple weekends ago and had a really good time and was by myself and ended up getting some birds and had never even done it before. So, yeah, it's, it, that's a good good thing to get into. I always try and talk people. There's something to hunt every day of the year. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, predators or waterfowl, turkeys. Now you've been doing, you've been doing, I I noticed you do all types of hunting pheasant, going out west, things like that. Are you going out west any this year? No, I do have a, I have an elk hunt for, um, scheduled for next year going to Montana. So, um, but I've been doing a lot of predator hunting in the off season and that, that kind of became an addiction of mine as well. So. But now, are you doing them at night or the day? Uh, I hunt all at night. Oh, nice thermals. Yeah, I, yeah, I got thermal. It's pretty sweet. Man, I tell you what, we we did a thermal hunt in Georgia in January, and I tell you what, after doing that, it's like I mean, I enjoy day hunting predators because in Florida they move during the day just as much as night. But I tell oh, you yeah. what, it's a whole different it's a whole different vibe, man. Looking through that night vision scope and 
Yeah, they're they are wild and extremely effective, but they are costly as well. Oh, they're yeah. I mean, even the cheaper ones are are up there. And I mean, if you're gonna get something like that, you kind of want to invest in something decent too, because you yeah, absolutely. You know, something that's a very like, effective way for predation control. Is I mean, too. I mean, I have landowners all the time tell me they want the coyotes gone, and and then I mean. <laughs> This farm I just got permission on. I, I actually got Cody hunting permission on it first and then got to talking to the farmer, gained a relationship, and he said I could deer hunt. Nice, man. That's how it's done, bro. People are too scared to start small. I've, I've literally started with, hey, can I squirrel hunt or can I bow hunt turkey and literally started small just to get your toe in the door. And then once they realize you're not like a piece of crap, then you know you're sad. Yeah, it's important. Like It's all about the pitch, really. Yeah, do you knock a lot of doors up there? Oh, yeah, I do a lot of knock on doors, um, phone calls, you know. Dang, man, that's, that's days awesome. where I'll call, you know, close to 40 landowners. Yeah, that's how it's done. Do you usually just, like, look through, like, Onyx and stuff? Or Yeah, I do a lot of, like, e-scouting with HuntWise and Onyx. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, I, I feel like almost e-scouting got a bad name. I'm like, you guys are looking at it completely the wrong way. Look at it as like when you're scouting, how that you don't scout for game, you scout for people, like when you're on public land. I think it's like a similar mindset to that of like, you, you have to, uh, you know, use e-scouting in the way that that's going to be beneficial for you. Um, not just look at a map, okay, this looks like a good spot because I can see a clearing uh, from the aerial view like that that to me right. is not e-scouting because uh, everyone else sees that same spot it's get kind of getting to know that public information that you have um, you know I found pieces of public man that I never would have knew was public land if I didn't ask a few locals and you know the maps were always kind of off a little bit and I mean you'll have a map off a couple hundred yards I mean that could be yeah. a solid spot yeah for sure and I mean, even growing up, you know, before Onyx and stuff, we always looked at maps up at camp and, you know, you figure out where certain vegetation grows based on which way the slopes face and, you know, find bedding areas and such. But with Onyx and HuntWise, it changed the game. But it also, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. A lot of those secret spots are give up now. Yes. Yeah, for sure, man. We, I, I actually, it, it's been a few years, but I did run into some people once that, that I was on a piece and it looked like private land. I mean, the way it was, it was at where the WMA connected to a piece of property, it looked just like it. And I, I did my research and, uh, you know, made sure it was accurate and it was, and I went, ended up coming out one day and had some people at my truck yelling at me and I'm like, Hey man, like I showed them the map. I was like, if you got anything different to show me, show me. But this is what I have. I had a paper map and um, Onyx. I also had Spartan Forge. I had all these different. And they were still up and down. Like, I'm like, well, hey, you know, you might want to <laughs> write your congressman or hit up City Hall or something because, you know, this is how they got this it labeled. This was public, right? This was public. Yeah, it was a WMA that connected right to a cow farm. And oh. um, there was a patch of woods that was actually kind of in the field a little bit where the woods would start and it almost like triangled into the public land and they had an old fence but you can't go off fencing here because I've I've went off fencing before and they'll have fencing like let's say 300 yards inside of a WMA and you're like well, wait a minute you know the WMA literally the signs right there it says you can start hunting um, right. so it can be kind of confusing cuz no one's going to go in there and rip 
all that fencing down, you know, so... No, because it's been there forever. It, yeah, you know, they just wanted they to... They recently probably acquired some land and... Yeah, or someone passed away. I know Green Swamp, where they killed the record buck here. Um, the story behind that was uh, uh, some distant cousins or so someone owned an older lady and her husband owned all this land. Well, he died, and apparently uh, the cousins, like, killed the older lady thinking they were going to inherit it, and she had left it to the A county. Trust. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, in the and that's where the the state record was killed out of in '99 here, um, you know, and that's the that's the crazy part about it. She owned all that land for so long, and it's just barren swamp, so no one wants to build on it or anything like that. Yeah, wow. And that's it was crazy, man. Yeah, it was. I mean, this was you know way back in the day, like early 1900s or something. But um, I had heard that story, and I was like, I thought I thought that was so wild that. You know, at one point in time, that li like literally someone owned. I think it was like three quarters of that. And I'm like, how would you even like maintain that? Like, yeah, how... just a massive area. And I mean, dude, I put boots. I'm a boots on the ground guy too, because I love getting out all day. And uh, I, there's, I could spend the rest of my life hiking and and going in that spot. I'd ne I'd never touch all of the ground. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's not even it's not even like big woods like what you guys got up there. It's just so yeah. much swamp that it's you know it cuts your time in half getting through it. No, that gives me the heaps. Oh man, it's I bring people down here all the time for hunt links. I have to bring you down here. We they usually come for turkey or pigs, and eh, we always man end up getting on a big water moccasin, and it's you know there's gators yeah, everywhere. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> the bugs are which the, the scariest part are the bugs. That's what you got to watch. Yeah, no thanks to them either. <laughs> I'll take a snake and a gator because at least you can usually spot them. The bugs come out of nowhere and. Uh, and believe it or not, man, it's not even crazy like ticks. I come up to PA and Virginia and stuff to hunt, and I get so many ticks on me. I go all yeah. the time here, and I never get ticks on me. Yeah, see, I, I rarely get ticks for some reason. I don't know what it is, but you know, I've I always treat heard, my clothing. But I mean, it could be that. And then, you know, I've even heard that sometimes they're just not attracted to certain types of blood. I don't have any science or data to back that up, but, I mean, they don't really mess with could me be. too much either. We got that sweet blood, man. <laughs> but sure. so, all right. So scouting's real big for you. What are some other secrets, kind of, to success that you use to to be successful every year? I mean, really, just don't waste your time if you know there's a possibility you could be. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, like mid October when that change occurs. There's a lot of times where you're really doing more hurt harm than good by going into your spots you know stay outwards of your of your core spots you know take care of things otherwise as far as dough management and you know wait to go in and dive into those good spots because it could really pay off so you don't do guys not get do... rambunctious yeah i was gonna say do you so you kind of like to wait until like october i like to wait till actually like late october like the 22nd <clears throat> 20th you know i'll really start diving in and focusing on my good really really good spots um because you know letting them marinate like that really gets the deer comfortable and you want to really hunt a buck based on his natural movement right man that's that's it so i mean and, and you're playing you obviously said i mean you guys use thermals and stuff up there but i mean you're primarily playing the wind oh yeah yeah, for sure, but it's tough up here with uh, in the hill country because you constantly deal with swirling winds, and so a lot of guys hunt high, and you know typically you don't hunt low, but 
some guys do. There's it all depends really. I mean, you could have a deer feeding, feeding on one ridge and then traveling a quarter to a half mile to bed on another ridge, and you might have to hunt low and intercept them there and deal with thermals, but hunt close to creeks. And usually, you know, there's a couple of different things you can you just learn along the way. Nice man, and I know you getting out there a lot. That definitely. You know, that definitely helps a lot is, you know, understanding like what's happening in that area because as much as you e-scout and stuff, unless you're physically there to see what's going on, but also it sounds like you want to have that good balance of not like blowing up spots too early. Yeah, I'm big on like intrusion really. Like I'll, if I can look at it like in the distance and see a thick area that kind of sets up perfect for bedding, I won't like tramps through it at all ever. I mean, I'll stay on the outskirts and find trails that lead in and out and follow those trails to see where they're going. I mean, a lot of times it leads to a feeding area, you know, and set up in between. Nice. Well, heck yeah, man. So you're you're still going to sit back a little bit longer then. Uh, do you guys have pheasant or anything that comes in earlier? I mean, some guys, we do some waterfowl. I don't, I'm, we'll mess around with some woodies here in a little while and. You know, I've still been predator hunting pretty heavy, um, but I mean, it won't be long. But there's really one thing that'll make me hunt the, you know, October law, quote unquote, and early season is definitely cold fronts. So we have one coming through this weekend. So I'll probably get out Saturday and see what happens. Nice man. Yeah. Well, good luck. Definitely let me know how you do. I've I've seen some. Not as I feel like I haven't seen as many last year, but it could be like how I, I mean you can only take that so much being you know yeah. live two thousand miles away, so you know I can only see what I see on social media. But I have seen a couple that came out of PA um, that were freaking tanks this year. At least the pictures make them look like tanks for sure. Yeah, there's some giants. I mean, PA is really starting to become one of those sleeper states. It always has been, but especially with our antler restrictions and you know the. I mean, as sad as it is, the hunter numbers are going down, but that's not necessarily always a bad thing. Um, and we're really starting to take quality deer out of Pennsylvania, especially all over, really. Now, are you what? What are the restrictions there? What do you? How many tags and stuff do you guys get? We uh, you get one buck tag a year, and I think you can get up to six doe tags. Um, Dang, one buck man. in a certain area. Yeah, one buck state here, and it's three on one side. I mean, it sounds like it's working. See, we're ours is crazy, man. We we have five bucks. I mean, obviously our deer don't get nearly as big as there, even with a mature one. But five bucks, and you can do three does, but you have to have doe tags, and you can only kill does during bow. Right. Yeah. Which it's insane. I mean, it all has to do with deer density, really. I mean, we have a a pretty good deer density, and it's maintained by you know not everybody blasting a pile of young bucks and. You know, there's nothing wrong with shooting young bucks. I mean, shoot whatever makes you happy. It just it makes it a little easier on the herd when one buck per year because people are a little bit more selective usually. Yeah, yeah, that definitely that would make more sense of someone even if they did decide like, hey, I got to get some meat in the fridge. I'm at the point where I'm just going to take whatever. They're probably going to start like kind of wait almost till the end of season to do that. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I said, you get so many. You can get pile of doe tags 
Yeah, for sure. Fill up the freezer with that. Well, man, it definitely sounds like it's working. And I know I, every time I've been to PA, I've always seen some nice deer. I I was always told PA was a, a pretty good buck state. My uncle lives in Maryland and I was in Virginia. So, you know, we always looked at PA as almost superior to, um, you know, Maryland or Virginia. But I've also seen Maryland, Virginia produce really nice bucks too. But that was Oh, yeah, just... Maryland produces giants, especially, you know, certain regions most people know of, but I won't blow it up too bad. <laughs> yeah, man, I seen that that you've seen that buck on Jimmy's wall, that one that old timer had give them. That yeah. one was a Maryland buck. Yep. And that's those were different times, but I mean the the soil in Maryland is like freaking rich, perfect very with rich. that that Chesapeake and stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big drainage, you know. It's just a big Chesapeake watershed and the soil becomes super, super rich, like down Southern Pennsylvania and, you know, parts of Maryland. It's crazy, man. We're, we're more like a dumpster down here. We're like a, more yeah. of a drainage ditch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> drainage. Yeah, it it tough. Ours don't, our deer don't grow very big. I mean, man, there's been some nice deer taken here. I consider nice when you look at like a dark antler swamp deer, but when you compare them to Northern deer, obviously there's a huge, difference in genetics and, and nutrition and it's crazy man because we have food sources here year round i'm surprised yeah, man, that you know it's just it's just basically subspecies of white tail you know there's a few and they carry their own type of genetics yeah well they've they've mixed the they've mixed the herds down here they said in the 90s they had brought uh, i think it was like wisconsin texas and like michigan deer and had mixed them in so you can always tell at certain w of a's you can always see certain characteristics it's really kind of cool to see uh you know you can almost look at something and be like oh man that looks just like a wisconsin buck or right you know a michigan deer they have that certain characteristics yeah bigger bodies yep yeah something about the racks i mean just like in georgia you see a dark antler deer the first thing you're going to think of is like florida if it's big you're gonna think it's like georgia alabama yeah for sure but so they kill some dandies down there too now do you are you primarily i know you get out a lot but are you kind of like a weekend warrior or are you able to get out during the no weeks? i mean i i hunt i mean whether like i said i keep going back to it but whether it's predators or anything I kind of think I have a problem. I go out oftentimes probably maybe three times a week. Oh, nice. And then also, the that's just during the week, and then obviously I'll hunt Saturdays. We can't hunt Sundays here for deer. Only um, one Saturday in bow, or one Sunday in bow, one Sunday in bear season, and one Sunday in rifle season. Okay, well, I mean, it's. I was actually talking, to, <clears throat> I did a podcast with John uh, Knowles the other day, and he was mm -hmm. talking about that. Now, I just, I still think it's crazy. How do you, I mean, what's your personal opinion on that? Do you, does it even matter? Or I, do you... I don't mind. I think it's partially tradition. I think it's a break. I mean, but I'm also for Sunday hunting 100% because there's guys that only can get out on the weekends and it kind of makes it a bummer. You can only hunt one day. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get that, man. And, you know, I like talking to people like you that are kind of like you're you're almost on the on both sides of the fence. Like you see it both ways. And, yeah, you know, it's good this way. It's good. that. I mean, that's how I look at it, too. It's like, OK, you know, obviously, you know, it, it you know, you're not out there. So technically it is a little break. And I know there's always been, you know, arguments and things on that. I'm like, oh, it, technically the science says. But I'm like, you know, if there aren't people out in the woods and technically it's a break and we all know that deer can always tell the difference between like a hiker and a hunter for some reason yeah, they know 
you step off I mean, that they trail. Feel the pressure, and it doesn't take much, especially yeah. a more mature deer. You know, so I see both sides of it too. But also, I look at it as like, okay, well, you can do anything else on Sunday, especially down here. Like when I moved down here, being from Western Virginia. It was night and day, man. I was not used to things being open 24-7. I was not used to, you could do anything, man. I could go pay my water bill at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday night, you know, yeah. literally. Like, everything's open. You're like, how do you even do this? They always have one person working, and or they have a station or somewhere you can do it. I mean, now you can just pay it on an app and stuff, but... Uh, you know, it, it baffled me. And then I look back at, but I mean, you know, I think that Sunday hunting more so I would say I like it for the fact of like, like you had mentioned, you know, like, you know, grandpa only gets two days to take his grandson out and, um, you know, or maybe someone's working all week out of town, you know, like over the road truckers and, you know, I know a yeah, lot man, of it makes it tough for a lot of guys that want to get out. So Sunday hunting's <clears throat> good. Sunday hunting has pros and cons as, yeah. as does everything. Yeah. Just like everything, man, just like everything. We had a huge discussion the other day of, uh, uh, fair chase, like what people thought fair chase was. And it was a pretty good discussion actually, but it was your typical answers, um, what a lot of people said, but at the end of the day, man, it's like if we really wanted to say fair chase, it's you what getting, we are. I mean, what is fair chase? It's you, you know? getting dropped off in the middle of nowhere with a handmade bow, like that you exactly. shifted out yourself and a knife made out of an arrowhead and like a stick. And, you know, yeah, that's, I mean, that's yeah, true exactly. fair chase, you know? Yeah. I'm on the same boat. You know, so I look at it as like, man, just, which everyone was on the same page of like, do what you want, blah, blah, blah. But it was just one of those deep dive conversations. And I was actually surprised at some of the answers, but it seemed like everyone was on the same page of like, you know, just do what you want. And I feel like with how the industry and social media has went in the past, like, yeah i mean it's good for the industry and it's horrible for the industry yeah it's 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 definitely the best of both worlds man <laughs> and you also have a lot of negatives with that too but then you look at things like this it's like i'd never be able to like have this conversation with you if True. it wasn't for social media you know yeah i mean that's where the pros come in you know a lot of people get informed and you know back in the day if you didn't have a relative that hunted you really weren't getting into it unless you had a buddy, you know, or something like that. But now it makes it so much easier to get in by yourself. Yeah, for sure. And then meet people, meet people along the way. Now I know you, you're too, you know, obviously you're a, you're a hunter that likes to get out there and go hard and stuff too. But I also know you as a community, a community type hunter, you know, I know you like to get oh, with man, the guys I for the hunt camp. And... with buddies. There's nothing better than hunting with your buddies, yeah. especially guys that are on the same wavelength. You know, you hunt the same, you think the same. When you're in the woods, you have good woodsmanship, and you really mesh when you hunt, so it makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know what? You couldn't have said that any better, man. I've I've done I've done a good bit of, of hunt link since I've been in service. I am in service at a while, too, and I've met up with a lot of people, and I tell you what, you get with some people, and it's just I mean, like, you can't even explain it. It's, you're like you said, you're on the same wavelength. I got guys that I meet up with, and we make it, we try to make it almost a yearly thing to yeah, get, even so, if we yeah, just squirrel sure. hunt, you know, even if we're like, hey, let's go on a, like, I want to go to Ohio to hunt with a buddy. And I was like, you know what, man, I can't get there this season. But I was like, how about in February we squirrel hunt? And he's like, yeah, you know, like, so there's so much you can do together, and you get on the same, and we hunt the same, we act the same, like, we, yeah. you know, it's, 
I, I always give the spiel when people come down here of like, look, man, like it's your trip because you're kind of coming down here. But like, I like to hunt hard. I like to hunt all day. And then once we're successful, then we can go fish or go have beer or go do whatever we want. Yeah, and for sure. I was like, I mean, but let's hunt hard. Let's let's give you a good experience, and then we can. And there, everyone that's on the same page is like, yeah, let's do it. And then some people are like, oh, well, let's hunt till lunch. I'm like, hey man, it's your trip, bro. You're the one that spent the two hundred dollars on the license, but yeah, for sure. Like yeah, when you meet people that you know hunt the same, if have the same tactics as you too, it makes makes it a lot of fun because you really meet hard-working guys you know all my friends are really hard-working dudes and when you work hard you work hard in everything you do and as far as, as far as hunting is concerned the harder you work the more successful you are so yeah and it's, it's, it's nice, nice to, to share that friends. you know it's nice to share that with yeah. people that are like-minded <clears throat> for sure you know i know you i seen you guys were up at jimmy's camp and you guys were doing a bunch of work there uh no yeah we just i mean that place is gonna be beautiful it's it's yeah. well on the way and everybody chipped in it's nice to meet up and hang out and get some work done yeah it looks like you guys had some good food going on too oh for sure for sure <laughs> yeah but i you know i went up there when i had first met everybody i don't i don't know if i had met you but i went up there to a fishing tournament uh and this was years ago, man. It was like 2017. The Lyman Lake Open. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, man. I, I came up there, and it was uh, – I was not expecting it. And I tell you what, it was good food, man. Went fishing. Had some of the best fishing of my life. Went to the duck roost. Um, you know, oh, hung yeah. out. Yeah, it's a good time up there upstate for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's I – good to have buddies like that. I told Jimmy keeps trying to get me to come up there, and I, I need to get up there, man. I just got – I just had a kid, so, like – I've already got all these trips planned, and I mean, I guess I could like do the uh, ask for forgiveness instead of permission thing. You know, my yeah. girl's pretty cool. She, you know, she doesn't give me any flack. I honestly hunt all the time, just like you. And that's important. <laughs> you know, I kind of tell her like, "Hey, you know, it's try to make as many plans as you can in the summer, and I'll accommodate." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that kind of steer steer clear of any commitment as far as that goes so <laughs> well you know, i can really hunt as much as i want i i always do the summer but it's crazy because we can we can hunt hogs rabbits and uh what else can we get it's just hogs and rabbits and then you get python in june so you right. get you get kind of like our hunting season does never end <laughs> that's sweet Oh man, I I love it, dude. I I didn't realize how awesome it. When I first moved here, like I feel like I wasted so many years just going up north and hunting when I could have just hunt. Like I'm 15 minutes from where the state record was killed, right? Um, you know, and obviously, you know, it's one of those things where like that guy never didn't know he was. He seen that deer two days before he killed it, so like he didn't even know. Like he had no idea the state record was there, and, and no one else did. I mean, 99 seems like a million years ago but it really wasn't you know it's not really no you know i 20 some odd years but i mean that's not a long time in the in the world of deer i mean that's one thing i think of when you were mentioning pa being like a sleeper state i always have conversations with people where i'm like you know what this is what i look at when someone says there ain't no big bucks or you know this place is whatever and you can always tell when someone's had a bad day or a bad season because they they always yeah. want to tell everyone on facebook and uh, I've seen people do that, and instantly I'm like, "Well, you met, you either missed or you didn't get on your your target buck." But what's crazy is I'm like, I see people all the time killing f just freaks of nature, like public land, you know, oh, local yeah. farms, like just absolute yeah, sure. freaks. I mean, it's 
it's really just right place, right time, man. I mean, you can put all the time in the world. If it ain't in the cards, it ain't in the cards. Yeah. And you know, if you were to look at, like, if you were to look at it like this too, like, okay, to me, I would think that there'd be bigger bucks now because I, I mean, I don't care what people say, man, there is no way there's more hunters now than there used to be. We just see it more because back then you had to hunt to feed your family. Not everybody (laughs) bought a license back then. You know, my dad, he didn't even like hunting, but growing up, they hunted because that's what they, they ate. My dad wasn't a hunter. He was more of a fisherman, and everyone else in my family hunted, but he was the black sheep, and he just, he was not about hunting, and he would he would kill deer when he was younger because, like, it was almost like, I, w- I don't want to go did, with, yeah. like, it was like their job. Like, on the weekends, you went and you were getting meat. Like, everyone was yeah. getting put in a spot, and everyone was shooting anything that didn't have spots. Like, Yeah, and that's really where it comes from. Your, the roots, you know, it, it's just passed on, and families are hunters and some families aren't yeah yeah for sure but like you had said you know it's a different era where you know we've seen more i think uh people in their late 20s 30s four even 40s i actually have a police officer that lives down the road from me and he's like 42 and he just got into hunting um and he was he's in the hey i just want a bow hunt but i'm like all right man you know i think you should kill one with a like a 243 or something first but uh you know whatever whatever you want to do <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's no. That's the best part about it. There's no age limit. You can get into it whenever. It's the greatest sport there is. Yeah, for sure, man. And you know, I love seeing people like you get out there and, and really get after it. And when I see people say the, you know, the the quote unquote must be nice, they never think about the all the hours you've been out there and how many times that you know you're getting home at ten, eleven, twelve o'clock at night after getting out of the woods and. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got the same, same, everybody's handed 24 hours a day, what you do with it, really. (laughs) Yeah, man, no, for sure, you you couldn't have said that any better, everyone does get the same amount of time, and I honestly, man, I believe the way things are nowadays, everyone pretty much gets the same opportunities when it comes to hunting, because there's plenty of places that are public land that are on the map, and one thing I did, I haven't done it as much anymore, I want to get back to it is, but I document how much money it costs me to go to other places, so I'll mm-hmm. be like, hey, you know, today I spent X amount of dollars on food, lodging, trip, travel fare to get here, and then the next day, and I used to always do that, and I tell people, man, like, you could literally go to certain places. If you play your cards right and you look around and you do your research, you can go to places for a couple hundred bucks. When I go to Ohio, dude, I never spend more than 300 bucks, and that's with going to the bar. You know, yeah, for sure. Great bucks there. Every Everywhere I go, I'm going to... Uh, Minnesota this year to hunt with Greg and we've been trying to link up for years. I'm going out there waterfowl hunting. Bro, $150 for a ticket. Those tickets were $700 and what I did was I just put the reminder on like Priceline and Travelocity and stuff to let me know when ticket prices fluctuate and yeah. the first one that said 150 it was it's crap. Like it's a crap flight. I'm going to hate it. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm going to Colorado for an eight-hour layover, so I'll probably have some fun there. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, uh, it's 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 really nasty. It's a nasty red eye with, with huge layovers. But it's 150 bucks, man. Like what, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, I mean, you can turn an expensive hobby into an inexpensive hobby. Just how patient you are, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, there's so much stuff out here, even, like, with us, like, partner discounts. There, There's a way, man. You just have to – sometimes you just got to put a little bit in to get something out of it, you know? Yeah, for sure. But – I mean, it makes it easier to save money, too. I mean, getting joining service side, you can get all kinds of discounts, really. 
Oh man, it's been crazy too. We're we're at about two hundred partners now, and a lot of companies are kind of going to the route of like authorized vendors. I think that like with codes, like so many people like took advantage, and like companies were getting mad. And I've noticed a lot of companies are going the route of like they have like an authorized dealer, and they kind of give that authorized dealer that, and then they can kind of give whatever products they want at discount. And I'm like, hey man, as long as I'm getting a hookup and it's not retail, I'm I'm straight. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's great, dude. I mean, it's just the best sport there is. Yeah, it really is, man. But so scouting's big. You're getting out closer to the rut. You're getting out end of October, um, you know, pre-rut rut action area there. So yeah. as far as, I mean, and, and then obviously just, just like you said, just putting that time and effort into it. Um, did you have anything else you want to leave our listeners with is, is maybe kind of like a takeaway of like, you know, Hey, this is kind of how I'm successful. And I mean, the results kind of speak for themselves. I mean, it's all about really putting time in, uh, finding those good locations. And, um, like you said earlier, boots on the ground, I mean, really learning every time you get out, there's no reason not to get out other than you know if you got stuff going on but if you're going to go hunting give it all the effort you got because you're going to learn every single time whether you're successful or not and it just gets better and better you know you set yourself up for success and you'll be successful you know i always see the people that are passionate man it proves itself and you're definitely a passionate hunter and you know i see it over the over the years and i'm hoping to get up there uh if not this year definitely next year i want to do some hunting with you guys and kind of get to know everyone at the at the old hunt camp and you know i know yeah, a lot of sure. people it's... but kind of as individuals not as like a group you know yeah i mean it's it's kind of tradition here in pennsylvania everybody grew up going to camps so it's it's a real big part of our hunting um you know i guess you would call it heritage and uh it makes for a really good time yeah for sure man but so colby if people want to get in touch with you at all you know if they have any questions where's the best way to reach you at I mean, probably Facebook or Instagram, you know, I kind of, I'm pretty active on there with and talking to people. I mean, I mean, a bunch of hunters on Facebook and people of all over the country, you know, so if you want to reach out, you can just hit me up on Facebook. Awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes, man, so people can, can reach out to you, but I'm looking forward to seeing how your season goes, man. I'm hoping I can sneak away. I told Jimmy, I'm going to try to try to look at the schedule. I want to get up there when you guys do like a hunt camp setting, like a, you know, a drive or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah, for sure. Pick, pick y'all's brains and, you know, you a and a couple time, of the other guys. You got to get up. <laughs> I want to, man. I need to, I need to get up there for sure. I just, uh, I stack too many trips, man, and then I get more that come that year, and I'm trying to squeeze them in, and it's just not yeah. enough. Not enough. Uh, There's just never no, enough time. It's never. I, I mean, me and Jimmy had this conversation the other day. I was like, you know what, man, I could literally go on a hunt like the rest of my life and still not every be able day, to do them every all. day. Like, and you always meet people if you're if you're a people person, you're always gonna meet someone that's like, you know what, man. Why don't why don't we link up and and do this? I mean, I knock yeah, doors sure. too. You know, I I have permission at a ton of farms near me, and I I go a different approach. I, I say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a pretty strong guy, and I grew up on a farm, so I was like, hey, you know, I'm a I grew up a farm boy, so I pretty much know how to mend fences and take care of animals and all that stuff. And I always offer sweat equity, and that's always something I've oh. traded. 
Um, I do the same thing for sure. I'm like, hey man, I'll get out here on a Saturday and do whatever you cut your wood, whatever you need me to do, haul your trash off, and you know, you let me. I always start off small. Can I can I turkey hunt? And if they don't like guns, some people I've I've come across didn't like guns. I'm like, hey, I'll I'll go for a bow. I mean, or a crossbow. I'll I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. Right. If you get the yes, you can figure all the other stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it comes with time after that. I mean, actually, I'm going to help a landowner pour some concrete on Monday. Oh, man, that's how you get in, dude, right there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. But, well, brother, I appreciate you jumping on, man, um, especially taking time out of getting off work and stuff. But if you guys need to reach Colby, I'm going to put his information in the show notes. And, uh, dude, we appreciate you jumping on. No problem, buddy. It was a pleasure. All right, you guys are listening to White Tail Theories Podcast.